This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Joining me, my good buddy, Adam Emmert. Uh, joining you on a beautiful spring day, Brandon. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. Our quarterback is under contract. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It started off at, oh, I don't know, 2.30 in the morning. Russell Wilson making the announcement on Instagram. Hey, Seattle. We got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. This was the one part of the whole like signing of the deal that I wasn't sure about. Why is Russell Wilson doing a Mr. T impersonation <laughs> in bed wearing like 45 neck chains and like talking like shaft, you know, to, to let us know that uh, he's going to be the quarterback for the next five years. Hey, Seattle, we've got a deal. Yeah. Well, he woke him up. Obviously, he's in bed making the announcement from oh. bed. Yeah. Who sleeps in 45 neck chains? <laughs> Apparently, Russell. I that had no idea. uncomfortable. Like, CR's got his head, her head on his chest. Like, I mean, like, that's got to feel like crunchy, right? Like, you know, all that metal. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about him strangling himself in his sleep. It was uh, one of my biggest concerns from the announcement. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got that out of the way. But Russell Wilson, he does sign a four year extension worth a reported $140 million, a $65 million signing bonus. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all up against the deadline. And uh, it, we, we had to deal with quite a bit of nonsense in the media leading up to this deadline, but we got <laughs> through it and a deal ultimately got done. It was a lot like last time. It reminded me so much of 2015. And I think just a lot of people forgot uh, that it was almost the uh, exact same lead up toward the, the same outcome. Yeah, I mean, this is how these contract things go for every team with almost every player goes right up to the deadline and then they usually get a deal done if it's somebody that they want to keep or if the player wants to be there. One of the more hilarious bit, uh, bits of nonsense that came out of this was the report over the weekend that the Seahawks had the feeling that Russell Wilson didn't want to be there. <laughs> okay, number one, like, who told you that? Like, obviously, like, they're not walking around the building being like, he doesn't want to be here. And then number two, if your agent has been there for days negotiating a contract, that might mean you want to be there. It seems like a signal that you would want to be there. Otherwise, why are you negotiating? Wouldn't you just not negotiate? Yeah, that was that was one of the dumber reports that came out. Reports. Let's right. let's put that in quotes. We're, there are a lot of air quotes in this show today. Like I, I have a feeling that that's going to be a, a thing. But I just I couldn't believe that one I, because if you don't want to be there, you're like Le'Veon Bell. You're like Antonio Brown. You're not talking to the team. You're not reporting to the offseason workouts already, in which we saw that he had reported on Monday was hanging with Jaron Reed and picture 20 of 26 on a slideshow. Like that's how ridiculous it, it, it got. There he is. I know which photo <laughs> on the slideshow that they put up that Russell was in the building. Why did they wait till 20? What, why, You're right. why wasn't it number one? Because they only wanted to pay him like the 20th highest paid quarterback, not the first. Well, he is the first highest paid quarterback. And it does bring to mind, you know, a lot of people, you know, there was that question of, do you make Russell Wilson the highest paid quarterback. It's been really a big part of our conversation in the offseason leading up to this point. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks were able to make that happen. They it, it just made sense to make it happen. Yet, I think there was that seed out there that because Russell Wilson and his well, just in the way that he puts himself out there mm-hmm. is that he would be the kind of guy to take less and not seek to be the top paid quarterback. 
But we saw in the Jimmy Fallon interview a, a couple weeks back that they had they had the question of, you know, you're about to be the highest paid quarterback. How is that going to make you feel? And he's like, well, it's not going to make me feel bad. He's not going to yeah. turn that money down. Well, I mean, in that that question on Jimmy Fallon was planted by his agent or or maybe even Ciara herself because they wanted out of Seattle. They hate Seattle, never wanted to be there. No, it, it's hilarious, that part of it. But you said, you know, the idea that the way Russell presents himself makes you think that he would give the team a hometown discount. Guess what? He did give the team a hometown discount. This is an incredible deal. And the reason why there it's a hometown discount is not because of the total money of it, like up front, right? It's the number of years right. that he signed for. That's the part that makes this a discount when you look at it long term. There's one, one or two ways to kind of look at how much he's making per year on this contract, right? It's a four-year extension. And those four years after this year, he'll be paid an average of $35 million a year. If you take into consideration the $17 million that he's going to get paid for this year, and you average that in over the next five years... He's going to be making thirty-one and a half-ish million dollars a year. That, when you look at it, that might be tough to swallow next year. But as the cap goes astronomically up these next few years, with gambling money getting inserted into the NFL, just all the revenue streams that are out there for the NFL to capitalize on, that thirty-one point five million dollars a year is going to look like a freaking bargain in year three of this. It really will. Remember just a couple years ago, he was getting, he signed and it was 21 million on average. And Andrew Luck two years ago signs the richest contract in, in NFL history for a quarterback, 24 million a year. And now just two years later, we're up to 35. I can't even imagine what it's going to be in, in five years from now, all the things that change, whether that's a CBA or just the addition of extra revenue. So I really feel like by not doing the whole, you know, tie his contract to a percentage of the of the cap long term so that you never become not the highest paid guy actually really benefits the Seahawks going forward. I think that's a it's a really important win for John Schneider when it's all said and done. Thirty one point five is what you come up with uh, the average per year. And it's kind of interesting to me looking at the quarterback spending for twenty nineteen. A lot of people saying, oh, you can't pay the quarterback that much and win a Super Bowl. Nobody's ever done it. You know, that, that's way too much. You, you won't be able to pay. You, there, there's no chance at winning the Super Bowl, paying a quarterback that much money. Well, before the Russell Wilson signing, uh, I looked at the cap allocation for quarterbacks for 2019. Guess who is number one at 30.5 million? This is before the Russell Wilson contract gets entered into it. But uh, this team is paying three players at the quarterback position for 30.5 million dollars. Any wager uh, what to guess what team that is? Well, with the way that you put it, uh, three quarterbacks combined, they're, pay they're paying him 30 odd some million. Uh, that must be the Patriots. 30.5 million. And this is the top team in the league and yes it's the new england patriots so cross them off the list the new england patriots aren't winning the super bowl in 2019 uh, because they're just paying their quarterback way too much money well they're quarterbacks quarterbacks right, right. but right. i mean when you talk about hoyer and whoever number three is it's not like it's those guys make up a significant portion of it it's tom brady well tom brady doesn't make that much he's like what the sixth or not even in the top 10 for this year paid quarterback for this yeah. year he's like at 28 million Right. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, they're screwed. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's funny. I, I saw Good Morning Football a little bit this morning, and Peter Schrager says, uh, since you know 2016, no team has ever paid a quarterback that much and had success and in, in gone, gone far in the playoffs. Look, in the, the top seven guys that were paid this last year didn't make the playoffs or such and such and such. Since 2016 is when he starts that phrase out. <laughs> since 2016, like it's oh, the history of the NFL so much in history. time. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, basically back to the dinosaurs. Nobody's ever won paying a quarterback you know, 15, 16, 17% of the cap. That can't be done. Matt Ryan was in position to win the Super Bowl as one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL that year mm-hmm. until they, they choked. Until he and, remembered he was Matt Ryan. And, and yeah, that, but that's his problem. Uh, Drew Brees, he should have been in the Super Bowl last season as one of the top paid quarterbacks. And, and the year before that, by the way. On two fluky plays, <laughs> on two fluky plays, Drew Brees. Those plays didn't happen because Drew Brees was making too much money. Right. I don't think. No. I. Hey, unless uh, the Saints didn't have enough money to, you know, hand over to the refs to, you know, to balance out what the Rams had, had uh, paid them. So I mean, that, that'd be about the only way that the that hurt. But I don't think bribe money counts against a cap. So I, I don't think that's just does. the Saints being cheap at that point. No, but that's it. That's the funny part about all this is everybody said you just you can't possibly win this way if you pay a quarterback that much. And that's true if you pay the wrong quarterback that much. See, that's the part nobody talks about. They say can't pay a quarterback that much. Well, look at Matt Stafford. Well, yeah, look at Matt Stafford. He's Matt Stafford. Look at look at Matt Ryan. Well, yeah, he's Matty mediocre. I've been saying that for years. That's not a guy that you pay. Kirk Cousins comes up for his contract. I'm like, I wouldn't pay him. No way. He is an absolutely average quarterback. If you pay big time money to the types of like, you know, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, Stafford, those sort of guys. No, you'll never win because they're average ass quarterbacks. That's what they are. Russell Wilson is not that. There's a few. There's only a few guys I'd be comfortable paying that kind of money to. And Russ is absolutely one of those guys. You know, and you talked earlier about uh, Russell Wilson giving this team a deal by making it a four year extension rather than a three year extension. I can make the argument that all of the top quarterbacks in the NFL are giving their respective teams a deal. They're all underpaid. Kirk Cousins was the one guy that I can point to and say that he was paid what he was worth because he hit the open market. He had teams bidding on him. Well, and still, I guess you can say that there was the there is the salary cap in place, which pushes the the salaries down of uh, of all players. You know, if it was truly capitalism, then you could just say, yeah, pay me the the most money uh, and and not have a salary cap and not have the franchise tags that push the salaries down, especially at quarterback. Yeah, it does to a degree. I mean, the, the cap is part of the reality. It is what it is. They're getting a large chunk of it, the quarterbacks. I mean, and rightfully so. They're the guys. I mean, they're the straw that stirs the drink, right? In this league, the way the rules are set up, the way everything is going, you have to have that guy. Now, there's one or two ways to build a team. And th- this is the part that, you know, people are like, well, you can't win with, uh, you know, paying a quarterback that much. You have to have a quarterback on the cheap, build the team around them, and then win the Super Bowl. That's the only way it can be done. Well, that's one of the ways that it can be done for sure. So, the other way you can do it is to pay the quarterback a lot of money and then you draft well to put pieces around him, cheaper pieces around him that are still ultra talented. So the question becomes, do you want to 
be able just to pay a bunch of guys like the Rams, right? And try to get lucky and get your franchise quarterback through the draft. That's one guy you got to draft. Or do you want to pay the quarterback, the franchise quarterback that is a known commodity, and then have to go out and draft the pieces around him? Either way, you got to draft well one way or the other, whether it's drafting a quarterback well or that it's drafting everybody else well. You got to decide which which way do you want to go. I have a lot of confidence in the fact that John Schneider has the ability to pick out lots of other good players late in the draft with consistency. That's how they're going to be able to do this going forward. Does that mean that we're going to have to give up on some veterans going forward? Yeah. I mean, Frank Clark's probably going to end up being gone at that point. I don't know. Be my I guess. I've, I've seen people make the, the case that you can pay Russell Wilson, you can pay Jaron Reed, you can pay Frank Clark, and you can pay Bobby Wagner because of the way the Seahawks have planned things out uh, with the, the salary cap going forward. Now, that might mean that you can't keep Doug Baldwin, but you know maybe he's coming to the end of his career. You can't keep Dwayne Brown beyond the next couple of years. You know, those might be the areas where you're looking at having to cut particular guys. You know, KJ Wright. But these are all guys that are kind of coming toward the end of their careers anyway. You know, KJ Wright, mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown, Doug Baldwin. So they could manage a, a way to where they can keep a lot of their younger talent like Reed and Clark. Yeah, you would think those would be the contracts are a little more interested in you know extending at this point if the money's there and keeping the guys that are a little closer to the beginning of their prime than the end. Uh, but you know those things are going to change. It, it is going to cause change on the team. Sure. There's no doubt about that. Well, it, just it's a year passing is going to cause change on the team, right? I mean, it happens year. one way or the other. Well, you talked about the idea that was pushed a lot. Uh, especially leading up to the contract deadline of, and I think it had a lot to do with the Peter King article saying that, you know, Russell Wilson's camps looking for a percentage of the salary cap as a way to kind of stay ahead of things. So you end up not being underpaid. And I had a lot of problems with this particular idea because let's say Russell Wilson decided he wanted 15% of the salary cap just for kind of a round number. And that's kind of what quarterbacks seem to get. Sure. Well, isn't the next guy going to come along and say, well, I want 16% of the salary mm-hmm. cap. And then, and then that guy's making 1% more than you. So right. there, there's ways around that. Now it's nice to, to know that your salary is going up as a, as a percentage of the cap, I suppose, rather than uh, the, the way that the teams want it is they want kind of those cheap years on the back end. You look at the Russell mm-hmm. Wilson contract now in 2015, we're going, Oh wow, this is such a huge deal. You know, he's making just under what Aaron Rodgers makes. And now you look at 17 million is his base salary for for this year. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the nature of the contracts. And I, I think that's why it's smart the way they did it for the Seahawks to go out and become the first team to offer a player a percentage of the salary cap. You know, that's kind of an unprecedented move that I don't think that I would I would have just been really surprised if they have gone that way. And I know it was something that's pushed. I, I don't know who's pushing it, if it's being pushed in the media, if it's being pushed by agents. But yes. it's definitely <laughs> both. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's being pushed by the agents through the media. You're right. That's, that's yes. The problem I have with it, though, is that there's no precedent to do it. So how do you judge those particular contracts? If Russell Wilson were to get 15 percent, does that mean he's not getting that big guaranteed check, that $65 million check that, that he's getting for the signing bonus as part of 
this deal or are you taking a big signing bonus and taking less of a percent? Would it be more like 10 percent? Because we have no real starting point of where that percentage would start. And that was my biggest problem, I guess, with all these media discussions around, you know, trying to tie it to a percentage of the cap is that nobody knew where to start. They're going 15, 20. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that's funny. I could see how with your personality type, why that would be a real problem, (laughs) like not having a precedent to like work off of or anything. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I don't know. I'm going to say 15. That's what we're doing. You just pick a number. Like you just, that's what you do. Yeah. Now the idea that he would have to take less than guaranteed money or anything. I'm not sure those things uh, have to be mutually exclusive. Like why can't you just have the percentage and get a big guaranteed chunk of change? I think you could. I'm, I, I'm not opposed I, to I it. Wouldn't. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, there's nothing that prevents you from any of that. You don't have to have somebody else do it before. Like, that's what how it works to be a trailblazer. You just do it. <laughs> and I don't have any problem with it. It was yeah. just the idea that the way that people were talking about it was that, oh, well, you know, Russell Wilson's got to get a bunch of guaranteed money and, you know, tying it to the to as a percentage of the salary cap. And then you you run the numbers and you look at it and it's like you're looking at $40 million, you know, $45 million a year. And it's numbers that are way beyond what they even worked out to of the 35 million per year average that the contract ultimately was, or, I mean, we'll see what the actual numbers are. Cause we're just going off of the initial report that, you know, four years, 140 million. Look, you say those numbers going forward when you did the math were astronomically high, right? Well, those are going to be the next few quarterback contracts. Maybe not tied to the the cap percentage-wise, but it, they're going to be deals in that range of average per year. They're, they're, that's how much... I'm telling you, man, the cap is going to go up exponentially over the next few years, and I think that has a lot to do with gambling revenue and streaming revenue yeah. and all that stuff. It always goes up, number one, but... There is this new influx of money that is going to make it go up even just astronomically higher. That's why this is such a genius move by John Schneider to get this done now. I didn't think he was going to cave initially to this deadline. Like the whole idea that like Russell Wilson comes out, I was like, well, I'm not signing a long-term deal unless you do it by, I don't know, uh, April 22nd and a half. Like he just makes up a day, right? Like, cause it just, just decided. And uh, yeah, he's not going to negotiate. <laughs> it's not that made up. It was their first day to work. Yeah. It's made up. It's an artificial deadline. It's an artificial like, deadline, it, 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 but the deadline didn't come from nowhere. It's like, okay, yeah, first, it the first day of work is April 15th. So let's set the deadline for the first day of work. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> like he just, he could have picked anything, he, he, you know? And so he picks this day and then it, it's floated out there. Well, if they don't do this deal now, then uh, he'll never negotiate ever again with anybody in the Seahawks organization ever, forever, ever, ever. Like it, that that part was absolutely freaking absurd. You mean to tell me if they would have come to him with this deal like three days after the deadline, he wouldn't have taken it? No. Nope. Sorry. On principle, I won't take that deal. Too late. <laughs> yeah. BS. So, I, but the idea that John Schneider got it done now, like, sure, he played into the deadline part of it, but that actually worked better for the Seahawks. Like, getting this done. This year, before the cap really starts to take off and the new CBA gets done and all that, this is a freaking steal over the next five years. 
And it wasn't just John Schneider. You could give the credit to Russell Wilson for coming up with a deadline that isn't so close to the season when you, you could potentially have other deals get made. So the best time to do a quarterback contract is sooner than the next big deal. So uh, the Seahawks were able to get it done. You mentioned that the idea of the deadline and the and Russell Wilson not negotiating beyond the deadline. I want to come back with some clips. I've tried to compile some of the the most uh, ridiculous uh, nonsense that we saw leading up to this contract signing. And yeah. we're going to go through that coming up next. All right, Adam, let's uh, let's get into some of this nonsense that uh, we saw over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we can start with this nonsense while uh, while we were at break there. Uh, got a text from our good buddy, Jared, uh, giant Broncos fan and uh, snarky uh, Broncos fan extraordinaire. And this is what he what he had texted me he goes. You know, I can't let that awkward, quote, bedroom Russell video slide, right? <laughs> Neck chains and all. What the catfish? Hey, Seattle, we got a tool. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, I, I just can't imagine how many videos on Twitter now that we're going to see Russell and neck chains in bed uh, just inserted in, in random places. I might do the next few video podcasts uh, from bed with like you know, 64 neck, ch- neck chains and uh Yeah. Get, get the girlfriend there. Like, yeah, it'll be great. The number keeps going up. I, I feel like it was three or four. Dude, no, it was heavy. That's why he was lying <laughs> down. He couldn't get back up. There were 72 neck chains on his on his neck. Well, when we talk about the nonsense leading up to the actual signing, it's hard to find a place to start because... Cowherd. <laughs> I, I, I don't have cowherds. That's okay. We can still start there. Okay. Well, that is where it started, right? Because the idea that Russell Wilson wanted to be traded to the Giants was... No, he didn't want to be traded to the Giants. Ciara wanted him traded to the Giants, remember? That's right. She hates it there, silly. (laughs) Let's all put this on Ciara. Put it on Ciara. Got to pronounce it right. Well, which one is it? Is it Ciara or Ciara? It's Ciara. Like the mountains? Yes. Ciara Nevadas? Okay. That'll help. I just needed the mnemonic device there to... You have that worked out. Yeah. Russell Wilson, he clearly wanted out of Seattle uh, so badly. And New York was really the only place that made sense, especially with Eli Manning so close to retirement. You know, it was weird that we didn't hear Los Angeles with Philip Rivers coming out of the draft, you know, nearly exact same time as Eli. Oh, I heard that one. Oh, did you? Okay. I heard that one, too. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least we got the two main cities. Right. Miami yeah, would have so made sense. I didn't hear that one. I, I heard that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening harder than I am. Uh, well, Did Coward bring all just, these up? No, no, because they're all equally as freaking stupid. Okay. I mean, and then it, the the fun part was is the idea that the Giants couldn't possibly give up, you know, pick six and 17 for Russell. Oh, what an overpay. Oh, way too much. Yeah. Way too much. And we're going, yeah. that's that's not enough. Right. I'm like, and what? Right. Like six and 17 and keep, keep going. What? Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then uh, I think I heard Shannon Sharp or somebody like that say, he's like, well, I'd give up six and Eli for him. Why the hell do we, we want Eli? I don't want Eli. That doesn't help. That doesn't make it better. That makes the deal worse. No, no. <laughs> you keep him. Moving on from that. I think the next logical step then was Jack Del Rio appearing on TV and saying that he wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson wasn't playing for Seattle this year. Don't be surprised if, before it's all said and done, 
when we line up for the season next year, if Russell Wilson isn't quarterbacking somewhere else, and the Seahawks, Seahawks haven't gone and gotten a quarterback, they think, for the future. I, you know, just the way he gave the deadline, um, he's been a tremendous player there for him. But, you know, to me, that gives just enough ammo for the fans out there to not really like that. And enough for the Seahawks to maybe do what they've done with, you know, jettison, jettisoning some of their, uh, some of their other players uh, before they overpay. And, you know, they like to run it. They like to play defense. I just wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't be out of the question for me to see the Seahawks do that. And the interesting thing for me was who this was coming from. This was Jack Del Rio, a former NFL coach. Also, uh, a USC guy. He went into the Hall of Fame with uh, the USC Hall of Fame with Pete Carroll the same year. Yep. Old Jack of the River gets on uh, TV and decides to start talking about stuff that he doesn't know anything about. Probably the comment about Del Rio's comment that drove me the most crazy was Chris Sims. He's like, well, this is Jack Del Rio. He's a former <laughs> NFL head coach. He knows. And like, he doesn't. He, I mean, he does. It's not like he's trying to be a TV personality or anything. There's, there's no reason for him to put this out here unless it was true. Like, he must be hearing it somewhere. I mean, yes, he's trying to be a TV personality. Yes, he is. That's exactly what he's trying to do. Is he getting paid to be a head coach right now? No, he's trying to get a TV job like all the other ex head coaches do. So he just put out some stupid there to try to up his take cred so that you know, he ends up on TV more. That's what that, that's what that entire thing was. Well, it's ridiculous. If you want to work from it, from the theory, I, I like to try and look at things from the idea that it's got to be coming from somewhere. And yeah, his lips well, and his I mean, dumbass head. Yeah, but do you think Del Rio is just coming up with those own thoughts, like just out of his own mind? I feel like he's got to get them from somewhere, and and I think it part of it it could have started with Cowherd, and and morphed from there and into what he said because uh, from there it then morphed into one of the things Handsome Hank said on the Dave Damashek football program. Give it to me right now. You tell me where's Russell Wilson playing quarterback. I'm not going to tell you where Russell Wilson's playing quarterback. I'm telling you that Russell Wilson will not be the quarterback of the Seahawks at the start of next season. This coming season. This coming season. And that he will be a quarterback on a team that you didn't think needed a quarterback. Okay, let's say that's true. Here's here's the hot part that nobody is talking about. If that's true, then who is the quarterback for the Seahawks in 2019? Someone in this year's draft. So not only is Russell Wilson not going to be the quarterback, their next quarterback is going to be somebody in the draft. No, that's not right. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett. Remember? <laughs> I do remember because I can't get that. Those, those clips out of my brain. Thanks to Andy Benoit at MMQB. If you told me I could have Jacoby Brissett for the next five years or Russell Wilson for the next five years, especially if you factored in price, I think I might go Jacoby Brissett there. Okay, you very much have to factor in price. If you're factoring in price, I am I am <laughs> without question. I mean, like I, I am doing Jacoby, especially if I can get something for Russell Wilson, which we're going to dive into. But if yeah. it's just even head-to-head, Jacoby Brissett for, what, $10, $12 million a year maybe for the first couple years versus Russell Wilson at $30-plus million a year, I'm taking Jacoby Brissett, and, and I'm going home early because I didn't have to spend much time on that decision. 
Thank you, Andy Mnoy. Thank you for picking up the torch dropped by Pete Frisco and carrying that on uh, and and just making my week of every time I, I thought I needed something to laugh at. I could just think of that particular clip. Oh, for the next five years, head to head, I would easily choose Jacoby Brissett over Russell Wilson. I mean, because of the money, of course. I mean, it, that makes such that's such a sound decision, and it's <laughs> it's such a a good take that uh, Ryan Grigson of the Indianapolis Colts uh, he actually jettisoned Andrew Luck after he heard that, anointed Brissett the starter uh, just to save money, right? Because like, he's on the roster already. Yeah, I and mean, he had and, so much success in 2017, winning what four games for the Colts. Yeah. Wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> they, they, there's no way they'd want to spend an extra 15, 20 million a year to like, I don't know, win games. Yeah, like I, like just ask the Colts if there's a difference between a top tier quarterback and Jacoby Brissett. I think we got that answer when Andrew Luck was the starter last season. Huh? Uh, did, was Andrew Luck also drafted the same year as Russell Wilson? Like, I mean, wasn't he number one that he, he year? He was number one that year. I do remember oh, that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then the funny part is, is like nobody would say that they want Jacoby Brissett over Andrew Luck. And like between the two, Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck, who's had the better career to this point? It's been Russell Wilson. And part of the problem By is, is that okay, this was not just a one-off thing. This wasn't. They went into more detail around this particular idea. And I understand it as a thought exercise. You know, what's what's one guy in the league where you could kind of think it wouldn't be as much of a difference in production, but you could pay him less and save the money to try and fit pieces around your quarterback. Nick Mullins. No, is that not it? <laughs> I don't know. I, oh, okay. I, I'm saying you, I, but, could, uh, you could at least go through that exercise and think, well, would it be this guy? Would it be this guy? I don't know how he settled on Jacoby Brissett, but Andy Benoit is ultra in on Brissett. If Russell Wilson asked for $25 million annually, would you just do it? You know, four or five years, $25 million annually at this point? I probably, oh, that's hard. That's hard. And let's just point out, they said, they just said $25 million, not the 35 right. that he got. It, 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 we're talking $25 million. Which is, which by the way, which by the way, at $25 million, that's $8 million a year less than Aaron Rodgers right now. Right. And, right? And listen to this pause and, and groan as he has such a hard time with this decision. I don't know. Would you just do it? You know, four or five years, $25 million annually at this point? I probably... Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Oh, boy. What, what do you... Let, let's start with this, because... When I said I would take Jacoby Brissett, especially with the money factor, Dan, the the money is one big piece of that. The other big piece is I believe Brissett, if given a chance, you could run a better offense with Brissett than you could with Russell Wilson. Brissett's a big, strong pocket passer who's more athletic than than he appears to be. So how much am I paying? If I can get Jacoby Brissett at what number? What do you think he's worth if, if you're trying him out as a starter for a couple of years? Let's say eighteen million dollar range as a starter. So you, as you a think starter. he's just gonna? He's yeah, he's in he's in a contract year now. He's on the last year of his deal. Yep. In Indianapolis, I'm trying to think if I would take Brissett at eighteen or Wilson at twenty five. I think I'd take Brissett at eighteen. Wow. 
Um, I actually hadn't heard that part of it. Uh, I didn't you had, know, to, you had th- to listen a, a little bit longer into it than the first two, three minutes. And I, I may have been one of the few people that did, but it, it was worth it to pull that clip. That you could run a better offense with Jacoby Brissett than you can with Russell Wilson. Yeah, because- he's taller. He's like six inches taller than Russell Wilson. Right? He could run a way mm-hmm. better offense. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's interesting. Somehow Russell Wilson at uh, you know, uh four foot three, because apparently that's what he thinks he is. Like he's he's so short he can't even like, you know, suit up. They don't make uniforms that small, apparently. <laughs> like he can't go out there and play. He is only uh second all time in passer rating. Only second all time. Only second. I mean, that's I guess a, there's if a he lot was of room first, for improvement. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's first. You could maybe pay him twenty five million years, maybe. But he's still short. And yeah, I would rather I'd rather have Jacoby Brissett back there. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, that that is that literally I say dumb Chatfish. all the time. I do. It's like it's it's part of my life. That's some of the dumbest Chatfish. I've heard in a long time. I, I knew once this deal got done, this show was going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Just making fun of so many dumb things that were said. But that one might take the cake. That one probably takes the cake. I, I probably should have saved that one for last, but it didn't come last in the timeline. It, the, the last one in the timeline came on Monday when, you know, we referenced the Peter King article, you know, talking about how tying it to a percentage of the cap and that Russell Wilson did not want to be in Seattle, obviously. The point is this. If Peter King's report is accurate, that Wilson will never sign. Never. Not because I thought, OK, what will happen is he'll go year to year under the tag. And at some point, the Seahawks will either choose to let him hit the open market or will have no choice but to let him hit the open market. And at that point, he could, in theory, sign a long-term deal with the Seahawks if the Seahawks give him the best offer on the open market. That what he ultimately wants is a chance to hit the open market. The truth could be that he wants a chance to hit the road. And when Peter King reports that it's now or never, and he'll never, 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 ever, 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 never, never, ever, Stats that may sound familiar to you. Ever sign a long-term deal. That means he will leave the Seahawks. Unless he signs one-year deals for the remainder of his football career. And he told me December 2017, he wants to play until he's 45. So if that's the case, here's how it plays out. Very simple. In 2022, they either pay him $52.43 million for one more year. Or he hits the open market. And once he's on the open market, he signs a multi-year deal with someone else. Which is apparently what he wants to do if his position is now or never. So Mike Florio playing out the fantasy scenario of going year to year under the franchise tag with the idea that clearly he wants out of Seattle and and that's his move. That's That's got to be his top move that he wants to hit the open market. So is Florio like really good buddies with Mark Rogers, the agent? Is that, I mean, does he owe him money? Did he lose a, like a bet on the golf course and like now he's got to just shill whatever uh, is put in his ear? Like, because he's one of the worst defenders over the last two weeks, Florio. I think Florio, as this is what I get from Florio being one of the first, one of the worst defenders is that he is, well, I think he has that background as an agent or a lawyer, at least he's very pro player. So he wants the players to get as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the Kirk Cousin deal was like his, like the greatest achievement of a player. So mm-hmm. that's where he's kind of coming from is that he wants he wants to see players get as much money as possible. And so that's why every time this 
the potential comes up that a player could go year to year under the franchise tag. He always carries it out to the third year when it's that astronomical, you know, 50 million, million number. Yeah. That yeah. we heard for Russell Wilson. And at least when you know that that's the, that's where he's coming at it from. I'm able to understand it at least. Okay. I guess. I mean, Sims kind of had, you know, poked him a little bit and was like, yeah. So Russ didn't get the percentage to the cap thing. Uh, and I know that was your baby, you know, and so I <laughs> it guess has been. it's been uh, his baby. He wants that right. so badly for players. Yeah. And then in that same show, like today, you know, he rips cousins contract a little bit because it's cousins. <laughs> oh, well, he's a Vikings guy. Florio. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize yeah, that. he does. Okay. He does not like the fact that uh, I mean, he likes the fact that Kirk Cousins got Kirk Cousins got that big contract as a player, mm-hmm. but he yeah. doesn't like as a Vikings fan having Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. <laughs> huh it's a big dilemma <laughs> yeah but remember when kirk cousins was better than russell wilson we oh, all remember yeah. that oh. like two three years ago oh yeah sure freaking hilarious man it like is. seven and then the takes coming up you know just it, the, the last couple days of just how much he did not want to be in seattle and then you hear mark rogers come out today and he's like look my client compromised and my job was to keep Russell Wilson in Seattle for as much money as I could get him uh, because he, he loves this city so much and this is where he wants to be. And it's true. Like that, that's the thing is the proof is in the pudding because they didn't hold out for that, for the percentage tied to the cap thing. They didn't like take it past this deadline and not show up to OTAs and start pulling, you know, Antonio Brown type crap to try to force his way out of town. It's obvious that Russ likes to be here. It's obvious that Sierra likes to be here. Look, they have, they are the king and queen of freaking the whole freaking Northwest, the whole, the whole region of the country. Like, so you can either do that or you can go to New York and be what? Third fiddle to Beyonce and Jay-Z. Sure. Like, like what? Or to LA best? and and be third behind LeBron and, and all the other talented that stars. That right? Star, right? You <laughs> you're know? not third. You're you're way down there. Then you're way down there. So really, this works out best for them all the way around. And then the last thing that I heard was like, well, he wants to be there because of endorsement situations. Like he's just not getting those endorsements. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you one thing. How many uh, Eli Manning endorsements have you been seeing over the last five years? <laughs> Like that one weird watch one, right? Like where he's like throwing footballs with a watch on. I don't know if I can name one. I That one even so- doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, it only ran like four times because they realized he sucked. <laughs> so here's the thing. To get endorsements, it matters less what market you're in. And it matters more that you're a kick-ass player and you win. Because turns out corporations like to be tied with the image of a winner. Yeah. So like go to New York and and suffer in that dysfunction you can have the personality of aaron Rodgers and get endorsements yeah and of course aaron Rodgers somehow gets endorsements and he's and he's in <laughs> the, the middle in of uh, the bfe in wisconsin right i wonder how he does it it's i don't amazing. know it must be magic it must be magic all right adam let's come back and we'll close out the show with some do better and better at life and we have uh well, not a new member. We have a member of the flock back in the flock. Ooh, back in the flock. All right. I like it. Y'all 
closing out the show as we get into do better and better at life. Not a lot of new members of the flock this week. Well, no new members of the flock, but we do have a returning member of the flock. Our associate producer, Dustin Mock, is back. All right. It's it's been a little lonely without Dustin. I mean, we've had to kind of run the show on our own, and you can tell it's run amok. There's been nobody here to help held me accountable. He's coming in like, just I'm in out. time. Yeah, so it's good to have good to have Dustin back yeah, in. Back in at hundred dollars a month. And uh, so now we'll just have to make sure that we're uh, sneaking into Dustin's office to offer massages, kinda like Green Bay, former Green Bay coach Mike McCarthy. Right. Right, yeah. So it does I wonder if Dustin skips meetings for those uh for those massagers, a lot like uh, Coach McCarthy. If we're going to be sneaking into the building, I, I would have hoped that we're sk- at least getting him out of a meeting or two. Right. <laughs> that was one of my favorite stories. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Is it true? How do you... It doesn't feel true. It takes a lot of creativity to make something like that up. Well, so I don't doubt he got massages in the office, right? Right. Like that, I don't I, I don't doubt. But missing meetings but and then sneaking up the, the person up to the office, that seems a little... That part doesn't ring true at all. Now, whether or not you believe Mike McCarthy's a good coach, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that relationship didn't go well between him and Rodgers for whatever reason, whether that's Aaron Rodgers' fault. I don't know. Whether that's Mike McCarthy's fault. I don't know. But it didn't work. Clearly. They, they didn't win. And it wasn't because they paid Aaron Rodgers a bunch of money. It's because his collarbone's freaking fragile. He's injured almost every year. That that has a big right. part of the reason why the, the Packers haven't done well over these past few years. And that's another reason why out of all the quarterbacks, Russell Wilson would be one of the few guys I would give a mega contract to. How many games does Russell Wilson miss over the course of his career? Zero. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but... Aaron Rodgers, he played on a broken leg last year. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, Russell Wilson played on legs, but didn't break them. Seems to be better for his deal. That was another one of my favorite comments from Aaron Rodgers. Oh, but I I played on a broken leg. Yeah, I mean, technically. (laughs) Technically, it was was broken. Okay, well, not not all heroes wear capes, Aaron. (laughs) Right. Good Lord. He's such a diva. I think he was was trying to defend himself a, a little bit last year with his performance. Because it wasn't the greatest year. Well, no, <laughs> their organization was in shambles. He's out there. He's out there being Johnny Unitas and like just calling all the plays. Like he, he just decided that nope, I'm not doing Mike McCarthy <laughs> things anymore. And somehow, somehow McCarthy lost his job. Go figure. I, I just like the idea that Green Bay is getting a little attention this off season. You know, it was it was Seattle for a couple years. It mm-hmm. felt like. And then we had a Browns article not too long ago. Yeah, New England and then the Browns and now the Packers. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're at least seeing the cycle go around. All right. Follow up text from our uh, Denver fan uh, friend, Jared. Haha, don't listen to me. I'm just a jealous fan. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Yeah. Broncos one of the guys that got paid a big contract that at the time I was like, there's no way you pay that guy. And the Broncos traded for that guy. Mm-hmm. Hey. Schedule's coming out this week, and we cool. already have the preseason schedule. Oh, my stars. Seahawks-Broncos, really? week one of the preseason in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see Flacco in that game. I, I bet Seattle won't even be able to field a team. They won't be able to afford to fill out their roster now that they gave Russell Wilson all the money. I saw a few of those comments about how, how Seattle's now a one-man team, and I was wondering right. when I missed all the transactions of Bobby Wagner getting cut. Frank Clark mm-hmm. being traded, uh, Dwayne Brown going away, Doug mm-hmm. Baldwin not playing anymore. 
Right. Yeah. I I guess we're just down to one dude for the team next year. Mm, well, I mean, bring Daryl Bevel back so that uh, we can just run the scribble play every time then. That was one other thing I meant to bring up with the Jacoby Brissett talk. Oh, okay. In 2017, do you know who Jacoby Brissett's quarterback coach was in Indianapolis? Negative. It was Brian Schottenheimer. So you're oh. talking about bringing Jacoby Brissett, reuniting him with Brian Schottenheimer in Seattle. To recapture that magic <laughs> to and success. recapture all that magic that they had in 2017 together. That's hilarious. I, I, I bet uh, Benoit didn't go that deeply into the coaching ranks of India in, in the 2017 season. The other thing about going back to the Benoit thing, like the last thing was like in one of those comments, he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm weighing in the money and everything. And then I guess if you could get something from Russell for Russell Wilson, too, that'd be cool. Like, like it would be. <laughs> it was just impossible. a little bonus. Yeah, like somebody might throw in like a sixth, you know, round draft pick, just you know, to kind of grease the skids for the deal or something, you know. Like, you know, maybe somebody would offer the Seahawks a bag of footballs for him, you know. Yeah, well, you got to get something, a little something for Russell, but right. Jacoby Brissett is the real prize in this transaction, <laughs> right? God. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't save Benoit for do better, but, uh, you know, I think I think he got enough in the show yeah. to do better yeah. and better life. All right, man. Who you got for your do better? My do better for this week is for all of you, all of you who said a deal would not get done by the deadline of April 15th. You were doubting it, Adam. Adam Nathan was doubting it all up to the deadline. And I said, no, this is historically this is how things have gone. And even if you just think about it. Logically, I mean, if you're Russell Wilson going into a $17 million deal, do you want your next check to be that week one check of what, about a million dollars when you break down 17 over the, the 17 week regular season? Yeah. Yeah, that would work out to a million dollars. It would. That's work. Good I, math it, it would. I, yeah. It's easy to figure out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or would you rather, you know, stick fast to this April 15 deadline? And the idea, I was just ballparking it as a $60 million signing bonus. He gets 65. Now right. he gets, now he gets a $65 million check right now. So mm-hmm. how does that, how does it make sense to, Oh, let's see. Hmm. I could wait and got, man, by that first week in September, I could have a million dollars or I could sign a deal right now and have the big signing bonus check right at the deadline. I stick to my deadline. We get it done. Don't have to worry about it anymore. It was obvious that this was getting done by the deadline. And for that, all of you, especially you, Adam, I'm looking at you do better. Hey, look, the only reason I didn't think it, I, this is what I thought. I thought the deal would get done. I just thought it would be two weeks, a month after the deadline. You know, just sometime after. It could have been the day after the deadline for all I care. Well, it does right? make sense that, okay, we we push the, as a, from an agent's perspective, let's push the team to this April 15th deadline and see what their top offer is going to be come the April 15th deadline. And then at the end, you can say, okay, well, I know we set this April 15th deadline, but let's let's just agree to put this off to a month from now. And that way we come out of this with an agreement and we can say, okay, at least we know, at least we took the Seahawks to their top offer at that April 15 deadline, right? Well, so the only reason I didn't think that uh, the would happen by the deadline, this has nothing to do with Russell Wilson's side. This had all to do with John Schneider's side of things. Mm. Like to me, the idea that, you know, a player is going to come up to the, to the office and be like, by this day, you're going to play ball with me or not, and then walk out the door, like as a GM, as an organization, I'm not sure I want that to be precedent. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that, like Frank Clark can walk up there tomorrow now and be like, this gets done in three weeks. Right. Sure. Okay. So that was the only part. That the, the word came out. It seemed like it was a short deadline to us because the reports came out kind of toward the end of March, early right, April, that it was April 15th. January. But yeah, then the, we heard that, oh yeah, people have known that Russell wanted this April 15th date all the way back in January. So right. it's, the, it's the, had plenty the, of time. The, whether it's sudden or not is not the point you here. Didn't the think, point you didn't here, like the idea of a player setting the deadline. That's, uh, that's all I thought. Okay. It was that Schneider wouldn't want to do that right but then again if frank clark comes up to his office tomorrow and is like in two months i i want a deal this is the deadline i would imagine john schneider would look at him and be like do you play quarterback (laughs) and if his answer like you know those diagrams where you have the question and then there's like a line to yes and then a line to no (laughs) and then it tells you how things will go right i don't know what the flow chart whatever that's called like if the answer is no you don't play quarterback then haha funny with your deadline. Have a nice day. Well, with quarterback, it does make sense, though, because paying a er- uh, quarterback earlier than later is better because it's only going to cost well, more the later you take it. And so that's what I've been saying the last couple of weeks is just like, when does Russell Wilson get cheaper? Never. Yeah, never. So like this is the cheapest. So if you're John Schneider and he comes at you with eight, April 15th, maybe instead of at midnight, you say, well, how about about dinner time? Because I really don't like the stand up till after midnight business. Well, apparently they walk down with the final offer at 1130, right. like down the hallway to, to wherever Rogers was sitting in the VMAC. It was like, all right, here we go. No trade clause. And that's the other thing. If you want to you know, believe the reports before that uh, Russell doesn't want to be in Seattle. Well, the thing that put the deal over the top was the no trade clause. Right. He wants to be in Seattle. He doesn't want to be traded. If he didn't, if he didn't want to be there, he wouldn't have that put in. That wouldn't be the the thing that sweetens the deal. That would be the thing that would be like a poison pill in the deal from his perspective. Well, and a no trade clause doesn't necessarily mean because this is how it's going to play out in the media, right? A no trade clause doesn't mean Russell Wilson won't be traded. It's just that he gets to say mm-hmm. who he can be well, traded he wave to. It. He can waive well, his trade clause. No, no trade clause. To go to New York. Go to New York and and have all the glory of losing ten games a year. Yeah, yeah. should be sure. fun. Yeah. The, oh, the other thing we didn't bring up during the Raiders show. I know this is in the middle to do better, but hey, I just lo- I thought the idea of uh, everybody saying now, well, now that you've paid him, now you got to change the entire way you play offense. You got to throw the ball seventy four times a game. Let's see. Uh, we can't just stick with a winning formula. Can't do that, huh? Did we? Did we change out when we made him the second highest paid quarterback in the league? No. No. Can't we just win? I'm okay with yeah, winning. I, you know, change yeah. the offense if you want. Are we going to win 10, 11, 12 games? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I want that. What? Uh, yeah. However that looks. <laughs> I, that's what I want. No, you got to change the entire thing. It's got to, uh, the whole organization has to change. Well, now that he's being paid. Yeah. Because obviously. Yeah. I mean, the Seahawks yeah. didn't value him. Use him. They, yeah, they well, they didn't use him. I mean, he only threw thirty-five touchdown passes last year. Yeah, it wasn't only enough. 30. Yeah, well, that's what. See what you did. You concentrated on numbers that matter, like touchdowns. What are you doing? It's about the yards and attempts. Like, how many attempts did he have? It's way down there. Not very many yards either. But imagine how many if he threw for more yards and attempts. Imagine how yeah. many more touchdowns he could have. Like probably three. Is thirty-eight more than thirty-five though? Indeed it is. There you go. Uh, wait, but what if you Boom. only ended up with eight wins after that? Is 10 wins more than eight? I want the, I want the more wins. Yeah. I'm going to huh. go on record by saying right now, I want more wins than losses. 
Okay. I think, uh, I think I agree with you on this. Good. I, I like the wins. Yeah. I, I feel like for, from the, the, the running, you know, the people who say that the Seahawks are good at, you know, that running the ball makes sense. And the people who say the Seahawks should pass more. I feel like we should just all come around on this wins idea. Like that's the middle ground. Well, and the other thing too that people were saying was like, well, why would you pay Russell Wilson that kind of money when you don't use him? Like it's not worth it if you run the ball so damn much. Actually, it's the complete opposite of that. Like because you run the ball so much and there's so many fewer chances to be successful in the passing game, you have to have a really damn good quarterback to take advantage of those few opportunities. Like it makes even more sense to pay that quarterback a lot because he's so incredibly efficient. I think that we'll find a happy medium between the 2017 season where we missed the playoffs using Russell Wilson as like 90% of the offense. And mm-hmm. then the 2018 season where they ran the ball more than any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like in 2019, it's going to come in somewhere, somewhere in the middle there. Probably. That's okay. There'll be some tweakage. Yeah. Once Will Disley's back and tearing up the league, we'll be good. If you put this off long enough to come up with the do better. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it worked out real well. No, I actually had this one saved because uh, one thing about all this Russell Wilson stuff is it saved me from seeing a bunch of the headlines from this time of year that usually drive me crazy because I was so transfixed by this. Mm. But uh, my do better this week is for Gary Davenport of Bleacher Report. He writes an article entitled 2019 NFL Mock Draft. Bold trade by Broncos shakes up the first round. <laughs> You're a dumbass, all right? Because you, you can't be bold in a fake freaking draft. <laughs> like, I, like all oh, the risk that the Broncos took in imaginary land. Like, it's so stupid. And I see these all the time. You know, Seahawks get Hall for Russell Wilson and big shakeup of the draft. Well, it's not a big shakeup of the draft. It's all fucking fake. So stupid. I hate this crap so much. I hate mock drafts. So much. And I wish they would just stop. They're the bane of my existence in the offseason. And Gary Davenport, for your bold move in imaginary land, do better. I've I've come around on the idea that mock drafts help you at least get to know some of the players a little bit better. And, and don't one, you defend and, an them. idea of don't you do this where they might go. I do this because <laughs> I've been doing that, a lot of shows not with give Rob. You an idea of where they might go because in half of them, some team makes a bold trade in imaginary land. I've been doing a lot of shows with Rob and learning a lot about the the potential draft picks that are out there. So the the mock drafts are valuable for that. But I agree with you in the idea of of characterizing. A particular mock draft as if it's reality. Daring move by the Washington Redskins. That's that's going a little bit too far. Yeah, it's stupid. It's more like, huh, what if Washington did this? What if the Broncos traded their quarterback? Where would they go then? Sure. An exercise in futility. You're definitely not into the... You just want to know. And fortunately... Either you know or you don't. Like why do you understand we're like a week away from the draft already? Yeah, I know. Uh, so I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my QBs list ready to go here uh, next week, just before the draft. Okay, so we're gonna get yeah. to hear them. Yeah, I've started. I've started. I just haven't completed it yet. Okay, I'm having a hard time finding like uh, YouTube videos. I was gonna say tape, but then it'd be <laughs> douchey. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time finding YouTube videos of like all, all these guys that show every throw from a certain amount of games like, because I don't want to just see the highlights. No, that Great. doesn't help. Cool. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you can get a couple things out of it, but 
Yeah, I want to see every throw, like decision-making. Like it's third and four, and they call an out route, and that's the only route they're given to throw to, and the quarterback jumps it. Do they still throw it right into his hands and throw a pick six, or do they throw the ball away? Now that shows up as an incompletion, and that looks bad on their stat line, but it's a good decision. Yeah. These are the things I want to see. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I want to know who you think is going to be good in the quarterback class. Because when Russell Wilson gets yeah. traded for three first-round picks now, <laughs> then uh, we're going to be looking for yeah. one. That's funny. I had a better at life. All right. Uh, my better at life than Skip Bayless this week, Brandon. This is for science. Uh, basically, uh, a bunch of astronomers all over the world. Uh, there's a team of like over 200 people working on this thing. Put together the first image we've ever had of a black hole. And it's amazing. It was amazing. Well, I mean, it's amazing in what it is, but when you see it, you're like, oh, that's pretty much what I thought it would look like. (laughs) You know, actually, a lot of those space pictures, I always like the artist renderings better. Well, of course you do. (laughs) Because they're they're so much more spectacular. Yeah, they look like something out of Star Wars at that point. Yeah. I want that job. Like half the photos that come from Mars, from the rovers, you're like, okay. So? Yeah. Is that Arizona Arizona or is that Mars? Right. Yeah. It could be either or. You know, but uh, that's what's cool about it. Like, you know, you get to see the geology and it's like, oh, it's just like, you know, just like here in a lot of ways. Yeah, but, it's a planet, uh, just like this planet. Yeah, exactly. But no, the black hole thing was cool. Like we we never recorded, you know, an image uh, of one of those. We just kind of knew it was there based on, you know, a lot of other findings and that sort of thing. But now we could see it and you could actually see the event horizon. And uh, where things began to spaghettify, which is pretty cool. And uh, it looked just like the Lord of the Rings bad guy on the tower. Oh, that's true. Well, it didn't have yeah. like the the Sauron. Well, it's only because of the resolution. If they had had like five more radio telescopes hooked up together instead of however many they did, you would have seen the little slitty eye thing. That would be kind of creepy if we started seeing black holes all all around us. And it was like the eye well, of Sauron. Are black holes all around us. Dude. I know. But what if we what <laughs> if we everywhere. could visibly see them everywhere? We can't even see our own black hole. I'm kind of creeped out. It was pretty cool. I thought uh, scientists did a good job there. I enjoyed it. Uh, that made me happy for the week in a, in a week or two of just crap news or not news, uh, crap rumors uh, from the media. So to all the scientists that worked on putting together the image of the black hole, you guys are better at life than Skip Bayless. My better at life than Skip Bayless this week is for Russell Wilson's agent. Baseball agent Mark Rogers. Have you heard? Have you heard that he's more of a baseball agent than a football agent, Adam? Wait, how many how many clients does he have in the NFL? Oh, just one. Or even football. Just just one. One? Russell Wilson. Where did you find that obscure fact? It, I had to dig really hard to find it yeah, to find that that because it's something that nobody's talking about. So I I feel like it's worthwhile to give Mark Rogers the better at life this week because for a, for a baseball agent with only one football client He's now successfully managed two football contracts in his entire career. It's incredible. I can't believe he's working with such a handicap of of not being a football agent, Uh, Mm -hmm. but yet he's able to execute these contracts for Mm -hmm. his guy, Russell Wilson, and to overcome such adversity as being primarily a baseball agent, to be able to come away with now the top paid NFL player in history. You couldn't have predicted it. And for that, <laughs> Mark Rogers, better at life than Skip Bayless. You know, you're right to give him all the credit here because it's definitely not the fact that his cri- client's been crushing it since he uh, entered the league. 
Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely all Mark. Um, and yeah, to overcome the idea that uh, they use numbers in both <laughs> contracts in in math, like to overcome that is uh, wow. uh, there's not too many similarities between the two sports. I mean, other than that, they're played with a ball and right? that players get paid to throw around said ball. Yeah. I mean, completely different. Could never be done. Totally different. I'm yeah, so glad I mean, that it's pointed out every single time that he's a baseball guy. God. Yeah. No, for sure, man. It is. It is freaking funny. It is. You know, when you break it down that way too, like, you know, all right, you're going to play for how long for how much money. And somehow these negotiations take days. Like, like Mark Rogers had to camp out at the VMAC for like four days to like, you know, finally get to this. Like what takes so damn long? Yeah. Should this be like an hour long conversation. Like somebody throws out a number and they're like, nah, uh, how about this number? And they think about, nah, but how about this number? And you kind of start to come out. Should this take like an hour? I don't know. Have you ever bought a car? Yes. It took like two hours. <laughs> got to talk to my, I got to talk to my manager about this number. <laughs> no, this is how it worked. No, I'll tell you exactly how this worked. I walked into the dealership. I looked at that car and I think it had like, uh, what did they have on it? Uh, I think it was 10,800 bucks is what they had on the uh-huh. car. And I walked in and I said, I've got $9,000 cash. Not a dollar more. That's all I can do. Yeah. Either tell me yes or no. Well, you're doing it wrong. That's not how it, not, that's not how the rest of us operate at, at a car dealership. No, I'm not because he goes to his boss and the boss came back and said, well, I can't go below 10, five. And I go, okay, see you later. All I can do is $9,000. I'm not playing this stupid Catfish! game. And he was, and then lo and behold, guess what happened next? They sold you the car for 9,000. Wow. It's a Christmas miracle. It took all of 15 minutes to the negotiation. It took longer to drop the papers. That does make it easier. Yeah. I'm no Mark Rogers, but I got it done. See, you could be a baseball agent slash football agent. Nope. Nope. No. That's way too many, too many uh, disciplines to be uh, good at. I mean, doing contracts for multiple sports. That's <laughs> no, it's insane. I don't things. know how he does it. I know. He's a magic man. Well, that's done. So, we Hey, the rest of this offseason, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's going to be the Seahawks quarterback. That well, yeah, for the next and all the way up till 2023. We might not have right. to do this again until 2022. That would be amazing. Maybe 2021 because Aaron Rodgers did his deal two years ahead of it being done. See, I, Russ didn't do that this year, right? Or the year before? No, but Aaron Rodgers was going into his. He's one negotiation behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Andrew Luck somewhere in there too. But I, yeah. I mean, Russ, I don't, I don't see Russ like trying to tear up the deal with two years left. He could. We'll see. I don't know. I doubt it. All I know is on to bigger and better things. Like we're totally losing Frank Clark and Bobby Wagner wants out of Seattle. I'm, I can't wait for those stories. Oh now. yeah, but they're not quarterbacks. That won't resonate quite as much. Are we sure? And with that, there's only one thing left to say: <laughs> Go Hawks! Go Hawks! Go, go, go.